Part 5 of Kamakura by Yone Noguchi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Undiscovered Kamakura. After all, this Kamakura is still almost an undiscovered country to foreign travellers, although it is supposed to be the first or second calling spot in the course of their Japanese pilgrimage. I dare say it is unknown also to the present Japanese themselves. By Kamakura, I do not mean the town of the colossal statue of Buddha, or the striking figure of Kwanon of Hase, all golden in the dark, or the red-painted Hachiman temple with the beautifully green background. I admit that they are historical, at least to the Japanese mind, and fantastically suggestive, no doubt, to the Western visitors. But my artistic sense is always repelled by the thought of the town, generally known as Kamakura, which is most artlessly built and commercially schemed. I know that the real Kamakura, in the older meaning, the most reverential town of Buddhism and prayer, is not the town we see today. Once upon a time, it is a long time ago, a mighty cataclysm of nature, a tremendous wave of the sea dashing far inland, destroyed the whole town and left it a perfect ruin for many centuries till modern Japan found it as a summer resort. When it awoke from the ashes and dusts, alas, it did not find the old glory and song, but only the hastily built villas of rich men and nobles. It is sad to see the Holy Buddha and Kwanon in an atmosphere and surroundings not congenial to their own spirits. They are obliged to stand in their own old places like lost spirits, and saddest of all, they are showpieces which are always shown out of place. Therefore, known Kamakura is one of the most miserable sights, and I dare say it is not real Kamakura at all. Oh, where is then undiscovered Kamakura, as I say? For three long months of summer, I was almost wretched in feeling here at Kamakura that commercialism reigned over it. It is not only here, but in any place called a summer resort that your commercial value is the first thing to be considered. But with the passing of September, when the fierily quick song of the cicada gave place to the gentler chant of the cricket, the summer people, we might say, ebbed away. And when we are done with the uncertain weather, usually with rain and wind which is bound to follow after summer, we are, as I am today, with the autumn mellow and kind the season of the clearest sky and softest breeze. It was natural that I found myself by the Yuigahama shore, where I had not dared to step for two or three months, as I had been afraid to confront the bathing crowd. As I expected, I met nobody here today to my satisfaction. I sat with the sea for a long while and dreamed, and then... Into the homelessness of the sea I awoke, O oh, my heart of the wind and spray, I am glad to be no man today with the laughter and dance of the sea soul. Dip the song of the sea and wind, throw it into my heart of longing, I like to be with the clan of the waters and air, O oh, my soul of the sea soul and surge. Roll in the wonder of the heart and sea, O oh, my joy of the sea-soul and flash, gather all the lights of the wind and sea to guard against the black night. 
Of course, the sky was as blue as could be. It seems that the snow already touched Fujiyama, as I saw far away the divinely white cone transcending the green foliage and hills which faced me. I am glad that Enoshima, the holy isle of the goddess of the sea, or Benten, is so near to me that I can almost talk with it. This is the season when you can open your own heart to Mother Nature, and she will reveal her truest soul to you, in which you may find your own salvation. I believe that even the ugly part of the town, or the part of known Kamakura, would not look this bad under this lovely autumnal weather. I am sure Great Buddha will appear as the perfect form of contemplation or satisfaction with the decided background of the deep blue sky, not today under the uncertainty of cloud and sky of the summer season, and the red paint of the Hachiman shrine, which looked horridly oppressive under the hot sun, should now, I imagine, be toned down even beautifully through the soft air. Indeed, this is the time when you can find real Kamakura, whose loveliness is sung in old poetry. And again, this is the season when we reflect on ourselves, and adventure even into the unknown. And if you are a Buddhistic believer, into the thought of the paradise or nirvana. It is not unprofitable to think a bit of your future life or after death. I walked by the beach towards Kotsubo, the fishing village. I have nothing to do with the village, but my aim is to find out undiscovered Kamakura, the old town of Buddhism and prayer, as I know how to find it. Because this is the 13th of October, the opening night of Juya, or ten-night prayer, held annually at Komyoji Temple, again, this is the very season when we feel like praying. I approached Saimokuza, where Komyoji Temple, one of the five greatest temples in Kamakura, is situated close by the water, whose rhythmical sound beating the sands and pebbles echoes to the hearts of Buddhistic faith as the tireless repetition of the holy name of Buddha Amidaba. The temple belongs to the Jodo sect, which proclaims that the real salvation is gained only through fervency in calling on his name. Prayer, in the real meaning, is better than reasoning, and the shortest prayer is the best. The single exclamation of Namu Amida is said to be worthy enough to make you born in the paradise. Here I will say that you must go to the water to learn the secret of prayer, and in another word, the secret of the Jodo sect of Buddhism. Thus, while I mused on one thing or another, my footsteps were already in the main street, which leads to the entrance gate of the temple. What a sight! What a crowd and what booths! Although there was some little while yet before the real dusk, every booth was already lighted by candles and lanterns. It is not exaggeration at all to say that there were almost a thousand booths which were eager to make business with the people who came here to pray and hold a wake before the Holy Buddha. There was, in fact, nothing in the world that you might not find, even from the dustpan and broom to needles and threads. As it was a Japanese affair in the country, the eating booths occupied a prominent part at this religious festival too. We, as somebody remarked, do not forget pleasures of the senses even in religion. Asceticism is not trying if you know how to undertake it. 
This ten nights prayer is, on the other hand, the happiest sort of annual pleasure-making in country life. I think that it was even necessary for fishermen and farmers in the olden time, before the age of railroad and carriage, to come here and do the whole year's marketing. Even today, when civilization and a bigger town are only one step out, they seem to find a joy in buying one thing or two and recollecting a tradition or history. I walked amid the crowds and din, through the booths and slowly entered the temple gates. On both sides of the pathway, numerous shows were put up temporarily, where children swarmed. I thought it's freedom which lets the joy hunters follow after their own purpose. Who wishes to pray and repeat the holy name has to step into the main temple. I entered too. The chief father, with the other thirty and more monks, already had taken his seat before the Buddha's holy dais. The sixteen little girls, called Chigo, in two lines, left and right by the dais, with golden crowns on their heads, paper-made flowers of lotus and peony in hand, dressed in red and white, were charming pictures. When the sutra reading commenced, more candles were lighted and more incense burned. The people who sat in the hall with the hearts of prayer were silent as a deep sea. The reading was finished. The father turned from the dais to the people who called in profound voice the holy name three times after his lead, Namu Amida. Then the father and monks and chigos left the prayer hall noiselessly, leaving the people, more than one thousand in number, to repeat the Buddha's name at their own wills. I was permitted to stay over the night. A little room in the monk's residence quarter was given me for sleeping. As I wanted to pass my hours quietly, I did not dare to go into the crowd again. When I wished to sleep, I was perfectly restless, being haunted by the praying sound of a thousand persons in the hall that rounded me as if a voice of the far-off sea or forgotten ghosts. The voice of prayer is old, as the truest heart is old. I thought I had seen the religion of prayer in its still living life and fire. Genku, the founder of this Jodo sect, left the principle on his deathbed. The method of final salvation that I have given for all mankind is neither a sort of meditation such as is practised by many scholars in China and Japan, nor is it a repetition of a Buddha's name by those who have studied and understood the deep meaning of the Buddha Amidabha without even any doubt of his mercy, whereby one may be born in the happiest land of the Buddha. The mere repetition, with firm faith, includes all the practical details, such as the threefold preparation of mind and the four methods of religious service. If I, as an individual, have any doctrine more profound than this, I should miss the mercy of the two honourable ones, Amidabha and Sakyamuni, and be left out of the convent of the Buddha Amidabha. Those who believe this should, though they clearly understand all the teachings of Sakyamuni throughout his whole life, behave themselves like simple people who know not a single letter, or like ignorant nuns or monks whose faith is implicitly simple. Thus, without pedantic airs, they should practice fervently the repetition of the name of Amidabha, and that alone.
in the days of the old glory of Kamakura, when such a saying, Quanto hakakoku omote nippon koku ni taishi, Kamakura omote quanto hakakoku ni taisu, the Kwanto eight provinces can match the whole of Japan, and here Kamakura can match the whole of those eight provinces, was minted in gold. In those days, to be a Kamakura bushi, or a Kamakura man, meant to be a man on the face of earth. A cluster of fishermen's villages suddenly became the capital of the eastern provinces under Yoritomo, who originated the first feudal government here, and the place, as I said, demonstrated the mightiest power ever known in history. However, Yoritomo and his family lasted only 40 years in real power, being followed by Yoshitoki Hojo, wisely under the title of Shiken, or administrator, and his family remained for 150 years, grasping at the breasts of Japan's 66 provinces, and dictating, but not justly always, till the downfall of Takatoki Hojo in 1307. However, the Hojo family started its administration with no small wisdom and creditable justice, which the people welcomed, glad to breathe freely under the age of peace. Peace soon bloomed into the mellowness of prosperity, which reached its height, it is said, under Yasutoki and Tokiyori, the successors of Tokimasa. They encouraged simplicity of living and rejected every habit of ease and luxury, and their minds were turned to the amelioration of people's condition and the desire to renew their prosperity. They instilled the very spirit of Bushido, the precepts of knighthood, into their souls. Above all, they respected the imperial house in Kyoto, and they tried to impress upon the people that their guiding principle was to adore the gods and the Buddhas, as was clearly expressed in the Gosei-bai Shikimoku code. They built temples and invited many priests to Kamakura, to whom they made obeisance as students. Koben of Toganowo, a priest in those days, once exclaimed, Were Buddhism a religion represented by the present generation of priests, it would be the worst in the world. In truth, the religious decadence had almost reached Ebwater mark. The priests had lost the people's respect, and Buddhism turned to a childish rite itself, its real spirit utterly vanished. However, its revival in one form or another was expected when Yoritomo came to power, and the time ripened with the rise of the Hojo family. Yasutoki and Tokiyori and others found their religious ideal in the Zen Buddhism. Tokiyori, the then Shiken, who went to China for the purpose of studying the Zen Buddhism, received Bosatsukai, and afterward he invited a so-priest named Doryu from China and built for him the Kenchoji Temple, which might be said today to be the companion temple of the Engakuji Temple. The latter was built later by the famous Tokimune, the very son of Tokiyori, the fourth administrator of the Hojo family. The Zen Buddhism which professes to seek salvation in your own soul, that is to say, through the virtue of your meditation, was not, however, accessible for the masses, only belonging to the upper class of intelligence and culture. And then, how should the souls of the masses, ignorant and uncouth, be saved? Here, 
Nena of the Jodo sect, entered into Kamakura with his religion of prayer, and at once became the light and law to them. What is religion if not faith? Faith is fire and life. With it, indeed, you live and die. It was Sunetoki, the second administrator of the Hojo family, who built this Komyoji temple for Nena, originally at Sasuke Gayatsu, and soon afterward moved it here to Zaimokuza, where it still stands. The imperial court often invited him and his successors to Kyoto, and thought their presence an honour. Many emperors expressed their respect toward the temple, in one thing or another. We see still today the imperial writings in their autograph, most of them being preserved as tablets hung at the proper place. It was at the time of the emperor Gotsuchi Mikado that Yusu, the chief father of the ninth generation of the temple, started this Juya annual festival under the imperial command. As you see, the festival has a long history, being more than 500 years old. I read somewhere that the people born and bred among natural beauties are far more religious than those deprived of them. It is certainly a great wisdom to build a temple in the beautiful spot with hills and waters as Komyoji Temple is situated. It is most natural for anybody, when the grand sun sinks in the bluest fathoms of sea, to turn his head to the west, where, doubtless, the evening glow brightens the horizon, and think of the place of Nirvana or Paradise, which, as the story says, lies in the west. Appreciation of nature is, after all, appreciation of religion. Get faith in the sun, mountains and seas, then your soul is saved. End of part five.